This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. In this atmosphere, God, we thank you for freedom in our households. God, we thank you for freedom in our lives. God, we thank you for freedom in our spirit, God, for freedom in every aspect of our life. God, we thank you for your love, God, for your mercy, God, for your presence, God, for your undying faithfulness, God, for your presence that is ever so rich, God. We thank you for that, God. We thank you that we've come up to this end of the year, God, and we've had some battles. We've faced some tough things. We've faced some difficulties. We've had some, some trials. We've had our faith tested. We've had our lives tested. We've, we've been moved just a little bit, God, but I thank you that you were always there, God. And even in the moments where we felt like it was going to get the best of us, God, we came out on top. So we thank you for that, God. We thank you because even when the enemy tried to make us feel like we were less than, you showed up right in the nick of time. You showed up and you changed the atmosphere. You changed the circumstance like you always do. And you made a way like you always have and like you always will. So God, if we don't have anything else to be thankful for, we made it and we thank you for that, God. If we don't have anything else to say thank you for, December 31st, we're still standing. We made it, we thank you, God. Doesn't matter what it looked like. Doesn't matter what it felt like. It doesn't matter what the middle part of the year looked like for you. You're here right now. So God, we thank you for that, God. We thank you for every single thing you've brought us through, God. Every valley, God, every mountaintop, God, every struggle, God, we thank you. We embrace the struggle. We embrace the fight, God, because it brought us to this moment and it's about to carry us into the new year. So we thank you for that. I thank you for what you're about to do in this coming year, God. I thank you for the many blessings and the battles you're gonna see us through, Lord. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody said amen. Do me a favor, grab your, um, grab your Bible. Grab your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Um, 1 Samuel, oh wait, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? No, you got to stand. You got to sit. You can, you can sit down. She's pregnant. You can sit down. The rest of y'all ain't got no excuse. Stand up. You got legs. You got feet. That's what I say to my kids when they ask me to get something. What's wrong with your legs? 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48 through 58. Um, very familiar passage to, to all of us, whether you've been in church um, whether today's your first day in church or whether you've been in church your whole life. Um, very familiar passage we're going to read, but I want to try to bring something out um, that God showed me early on in 2017. Um, and it's very small. It's very small. It's a very small thing, but it's very significant. And it's something that I want to challenge you with uh, in this new year. Um, so 1 Samuel chapter 17 uh, how many of you guys faced some battles this year? Yeah, you went through some stuff? No? I'm the only one? How many of you anticipate this year being uh, much better than, than this, this year we're coming out of? Okay, okay. Um, all right, let's look at verse 48 through 58. 
It says, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. Verse 50. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from his sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. How many of you cut off the head of your battle this year? You must have because you're standing here this morning. So you must have won, right? Verse 52 uh, says, Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along whatever that word is, rode to Gath and Ekron. Verse 53, when the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem. He put the Philistines' weapon into his own tent. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this young man? Abner replied, as surely as you live, your majesty, I don't know. The king said, find out whose son this is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul. With David stood still holding the Philistine's head, whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant, of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. Um, I think you missed it. I think you missed it. It's, again, it's very small, but I think you missed it. Um, and I don't know if it's—I don't know if it's my translation or not. Maybe my Bible is, is incorrect, and maybe the words are wrong or something. But um, does Jennifer? Do you have new New Living Translation? Um, can I can I see verse forty-eight? Okay, I just want to make sure. Um, my what is going on here? Um, I just want to make sure my translation is not incorrect. Okay, it says as Goliath moved closer to attack. David quickly ran out to meet him. He ran out to meet him. Okay. See that? So mine says the same thing. Your translation probably says the same thing. I'm going to check just to be sure because, you know, you can only be sure if you're really saved and if your word really means something if it's King James Version, right? That, that's when you know it's the real deal, right? So verse 40, 48 in the King James Version says, and it came to pass. You know that's King James. When the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Here's what you have to catch is that David was facing his biggest battle, and he didn't wait for it to come to him. He ran towards the battle line. He ran towards it. So in this new year, here's what you're going to have to do. If you're going to stand over your giants, if you're going to defeat anything in this new year, you're going to have to run towards it. No more complacency. No more standing still. No more waiting for the battle to come and meet you. No more waiting for things to come and attack you. You've got to run after it in this new year. Let's pray and let's get started this morning. God, I thank you for the spirit inside of us that says, let's chase it. Let's chase our giants. Let's chase Goliath, God. I thank you for that spirit on the inside of us, God. Let this word be touched, God. Let this word be heard with pure and fresh ears, God. Let it pierce our hearts, God. Let it change us, God. Let us not just be hearers, but doers 
of the word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Before you sit down, ask someone next to you, what are you chasing? And wait for their response. What are you chasing? Give them a sentence. Give them one word. Give them something. I love it. Um, definitely something I missed from this text, man. Right? Because we've read this, like, forever. Like, growing up as a pastor's kid, like, David and Goliath, I mean, come on, that's a classic. That's like Titanic. That's like Friday. That's like, somebody like, Friday? <laughs> yeah. It's a classic. But when I read it again this year, um, that stuck out to me is that here you have David, this little guy who previously somebody came and poured oil all over him, and he's probably like, what is going on? And yet he comes, and he wasn't even involved in the battle. He wasn't even supposed to be there. And yet out of everyone there, out of all the seasoned vets of the army, out of all those who had been fighting, all those who were talking the talk, and then it came time for the battle to go on. Out of all of those people, David was the one who ran towards the battle. And here's what I love about that is because David, David is in this, in this space now where, where he's, he's been anointed king, but he's in like this holding place. And it's kind of like you all. And, and, and this is what I love because uh, there's a lot of characters in the word of God that really represent us as well. One of them is Peter. You are, you are Peter in every sense of the word. You have your moments, you have your good days, you have your bad days. And another one of those characters is David, where David was, was anointed and David had all these promises set before him. David walked in those promises, but he also had some moments where it was like, David, come on, man. Really? Like David ended up, we always talk about the, the David that danced, and we always talk about the David that was a man after God's heart, but we very rarely talk about David that would be on TMZ today. Like we don't talk about that David, because that David would be on trial. That David would have someone in the courtroom talking about if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Because David was the one who slept with another man's wife, and then when she got pregnant, he was like, we got mm. We got to get him out of there. Like, put him on the front line of the battle and let him get killed. And he knew what he was doing. That's, see, that's the David we don't really talk about, but that's kind of how we are, too. We have these moments where the promise is before us, and yeah, God's anointed me, and I'm, I'm doing all these awesome things, and he's going to use me. But then we have those moments where it's like, I don't even feel like going to church. I don't even feel like doing it today. So we, we kind of resemble David at times, but here in this moment, David is dealing with something that, uh, that he kind of stumbled into, right? Because he just kind of went, his father told him, hey, I want you to go and, and, and take some food and take this over to your brothers. And here he is, just like this little guy looking over the crowd and trying to see what's going on. And he notices that somebody is, put it this way, David doesn't care about who it is. David doesn't care how tall Goliath is. David doesn't care what the deal is. All David hears is that somebody is talking reckless about God. That's all he knows. He don't care that everybody else is seasoned. He don't care that he ain't got no, no gear, no armor, no sword, no nothing. All he hears is that somebody is talking about his God 
and he steps up to fight. And not only that, but he starts throwing. You know, you, got, you ever have those friends who, um, who get you in trouble just off of their mouth? And you'd be like, girl, shut up. Like, you're going to get us both killed. I have, I have a few of those friends who you, can't, you just can't take them anywhere. You'd be like, dude, like, we out at the movies and you loud. Like, you about to get us kicked out. That one friend that jumped on the phone in the middle of the movie, yeah, girl, we at the movies. Nah, it ain't that good. It's, uh, it just started, but I'm already falling asleep. You know, you'd be like, dude, like, come on. Well, David was kind of having one of those moments where he's like, who is this? Like, who is this joker that's out here talking about God? Who, who is? And his brother, and you could tell because his brother got upset, and he's like, dude, you're not even down here for the right reason. What are you doing? And they're trying to shush him, and David's like, no, this is, this is serious. Not because of who it is, but simply because of what they're saying. I don't think David cared who it was. I, I think David would have rushed the front lines regardless. Even if the person was his size, I think he would have been out there because all he heard is that somebody is talking reckless about the thing, the person, the God, the one that he knows that he's been chasing and he's been going after his whole life up to this point. All he knows is that somebody is speaking reckless about it and he wants to do something about it. But here's the cool thing about this moment is that you could look at it as that, as just a battle. But on the flip side of that, this moment for David was actually a turning point in his life. Because again, he was anointed before this. The oil was already poured on his head. He was already in the field. He, and his brothers already knew the deal. But he, the, up until this point, he was still in the field. He was going back and forth. He was in the field. He was in the palace. He was in the field. He was in the palace. He was going back. He was doing this back and forth thing. But this was the moment. It was a turning point for his life. So my question to you, and when I ask you, what are you chasing this year? And what is the thing that you're going to be looking forward to? I hope it's something that has to do with the purpose of God in your life. Because if it doesn't, it's a waste of time. If it doesn't, if the person next to you says something like, Ooh, I'm chasing, uh, I'm chasing uh, 125 pounds this year. Come on. You're wasting your time. The Lord, says, the Lord says be fruitful and multiply. Multiply that weight. Quit worrying about getting down the way. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, it, but whatever you're chasing has to be tied to the promise of God or it really is a waste of time. This moment for David, this moment for David was a moment where he saw something in front of him and he made his mind up that I'm about to chase this thing because this thing that's standing in front of us and, and, and the promise, this thing must go because it's getting in the way. And so his whole mindset from the time he got to the battlefield was, I'm going to chase this thing down. I'm going I'm to go after it. So what is the thing that's standing in front of you and the promise that God has for you? What's going to be your turning point? I, I, love that, I love that I get to speak this message on December 31st because I'm all about like, like perfect changing points. I'm all about seasons changing. I'm all about that when, when Pastor Sean says, hey, I want to do something new in the church, I'm always like, well, let's do it like at the beginning of the month. Like, I'm, like a clean transition. I'm always good about transitions. I like a clean transition. This was a clean transition 
for David to go from just this shepherd boy to the man in the palace. And here's how we know that. Because if you continue reading, and we're going to put the scripture up, but if you continue reading past this text and you go into 1 Samuel chapter 18 and you look at verse 4, after David defeated Goliath, and this was all great, and the battle was all awesome, but that wasn't, that wasn't the main thing. It wasn't the fact that he just defeated Goliath. It was the fact that he ran and defeated Goliath. It was the fact that he was eager in chasing down this giant, this thing that stood in front of him and the promise of God. It was the fact that he actually went after it. Because had David not done this, had David just said, okay, I'm going to go home. Here's your cheese. Here's your other stuff. I'm just going to go home. Here's your flatbread and all your stuff. I'm just going to go home and do what I've been doing this whole time. Think about how history would have changed if David would not have chased Goliath. Because Goliath is described as a champion. A champion. And in those times, it meant that he was the one who would sway the battle. So it's almost like Goliath wouldn't show up until right at the moment where the other, the other team needed a victory. Because a champion in those days meant that person, that man had the ability to change the battle for good. So meaning, once Goliath showed up, it was a done deal. So even the Israelites already knew, like, oh, shoot, Goliath's here. Game over. That's why they were doing all that talking, but nobody was moving forward. So David knew that in order to defeat a champion, I have to be a champion as well. And a champion says, instead of waiting for you to come towards me, I'm going to go after you. So what's going to be your champion moment this year? And here's the beauty of this, is that as soon as David defeats Goliath, here's how you can see the transition in the word that shows you that this was the moment that even God was waiting for to push David into where he needed to be. In verse 4 of chapter of of chapter 18, it says, And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. Who's Jonathan? Jonathan is Saul's son. Which means before this moment, Jonathan thought he was the next one in line. After the battle, Jonathan relinquished his succession and gave it to David. That's what the robe represents. When I take my robe off and I put it on you, that's me saying, it's your turn. You have the power now. You have the authority now. When Kobe retired, he gave his robe to LeBron James. Don't think LeBron James took it. Let's not be foolish. Kobe gave it to him. But here David is. Jonathan puts his robe over David no words needed to be exchanged. It was literally just this moment of, champion, here you go. It was a turning point for David. It was a turning point that signified it's time to take hold of the promise. All this waiting, all this. Now, now if you continue on, you know David began to serve in Saul's kingdom, and, and, and Saul asked the question of who this is. It's not an introduction for Saul. It wasn't like Saul had no clue who David was. He knew who he was. It was just, I have to get to know him better because I'm now going to bring him into my kingdom. That's all it was. That's what that exchange was. It was simply saying, no, really, who is he before I bring him in? It was like, it was like a background check. 
Like, I, I, I'll hire you. Like, we'll hire people and, and as, as far as the church, and we'll bring you on as a volunteer. And we know you, and, and we know you all cool, and you ain't going to do nothing crazy. But if you go and work in children's church, you're getting a background check. And you ain't got no choice. Whether you've been here 10 years or not, you're getting a background check. And so that was like David's background check moment where Saul was just like, no, really, who is this guy? And he was just trying to make sure. Now, now God already knew what the deal was. It was just Saul and his human mindset and his, 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 his own conscience that made him do all this. But if he really paid attention, David couldn't have defeated Goliath just on his own power and strength. It, I mean, anybody could have seen that. Like, David is this little guy, like... He couldn't have done it by himself. So Saul, could, Saul couldn't see that. His vision was already clouded at that point. But David knew what the deal was, and it was a turning point for him. So this year has got to be a turning point for you, right? Because God has put a promise in front of you, and he's given you something. And, and maybe this year you've walked into this thing and you start realizing, like, oh, God's, I'm anointed, and God's put something on my life. But now is the time for you to stop being complacent and stop sitting still and start advancing and moving forward. Because if you continue to carry your complacency into 2018, let me show you what happens. If you don't engage, if you don't declare war on your complacency, your complacency is going to pick a fight with your promise. Your complacency is going to be the thing that starts to poke holes, try to poke holes in your promise. And the more that you sit still being complacent, the more your promise is just sitting there waiting for you to take hold of it, the more lives are being, are being left without being changed because you're just being complacent. You've got to start picking a fight with your complacency and start saying, look, I'm not going to sit back anymore. I'm going to advance. I'm going to chase. I'm not just going to let myself get in the way of what God has called me to do. And we do that a lot of times where we just sit still and it's like, well, I'll, I'll just wait for the Lord to do it. And, and he's coming soon and he's going to make it happen. And Lord, if you, just, if you just open that door. And that's all right and that's all good. And you can say and you can speak those things in faith. But I think sometimes God is looking at you like, girl, I opened the door three months ago and you still haven't walked through it. And the thing that keeps us from walking through it is our complacency. This was a moment for David when he was like, look, I'm, I'm not going back to the field. They kept telling David, get out of here. What are you doing here? Get out of here. And he said, no, I'm, I'm not. There's, there's purpose for me here in this battle. And I'm going to make sure before I leave, I realize what that purpose is. Obviously, David goes on to defeat Goliath and changes history and and Goliath being the champion falls, and, and I love that, that David was just like so raw, so real. He takes his sword, chops his head off, now he's carrying the head all over the place. It's like so real. It's like, it, but, but at the same time, can you visualize every obstacle, every challenge being the head of Goliath and you just chopping it off and walking around with it like a badge of honor? Here's another battle I defeated. Here's another battle that I overcame. Here's another challenge that I stepped through. Here's another step that I went. This is, this is, all, this is all imagery for, for the battles that you're going to have in this new year. But if you keep sitting back, you'll never overcome them. So here's what I want to do today. I want to give you, um, brace yourself, I want to give you eight keys for chasing your giants. Eight keys for chasing your giants. 
and effectively winning the year. Right? Because here we are, you, you have the opportunity. This is the start of something fresh and something new. You can leave all your baggage in this year. Just, just right now, where you're at, just take your baggage, just, just right where you're at, and just drop it off in the seat next to you. If there's someone sitting next to you, don't put it on them. <laughs> put, it on the, put it on the other side. You don't, want my, you don't want my 2017 drama. But just take that and just drop it off. Don't walk out of here with it. Leave it at the altar today. And now you're ready to take these eight keys. So here's the first one. If you're going to chase giants, if you're going to chase Goliath, the first one, talk the talk. Talk the talk. Here's what I love. Here's, here's David talking the talk in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. He says, um, so what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? There wasn't nobody out there talking like that. This is David, like, basically, like, like fighting words right here. This disgrace to Israel. Like, what's going to be done? Because you wouldn't ask that question unless you were so confident that you were about to do some damage. He was like, so, so what do I get, like, if I, if I take care of this problem? Right? What do I, what do I get? Do I win something? Like, what's going to happen? Here he is just engaging the battle. And he continues on and he says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. See, it wasn't, even about, it wasn't even about David. While everybody else was taking it so personally, David was like, no, the army of the living God. Who is defying the army? Forget about your personal issues. Forget about your personal, your personal preferences. It's simply who's defying the armies of the living God. He's talking the talk here. And so for you in this new year, if you're going to chase your giants, if you're going to win this year, you got to talk the talk. And what do I mean by that? When, when, when we talk about that phrase, talk the talk, what it means is to really speak fluently and convincingly about something. So if you believe that God has given you a promise, instead of just kind of mumbling it in this new year, speak convincingly about it. Like, yeah, I may not have it all together right now, but man, do I have a promise. Man, has God anointed me to do some great things in this new year. If you believe that God has called you to ministry, man, I can't wait until I step into that door. I can't wait until I get, man, God has got something perfect for me. Maybe everybody around you is talking the talk of negativity, but you can speak positivity over yourself. You can encourage yourself and talk that talk. Like, I've got a promise. It's in me. Better yet, get you a scripture that you can keep right at your fingertips. So when the battle gets tough, you can pull that thing out and speak the word of God over your life. Speak the word of God over your life. Talk the talk. That's all David was doing. David was simply saying, man, you are defying the army of the living God, the living God. This is the same thing that Joshua speaks in, in his book. He talks about the living God. David is basically taking the word of God and saying, who is defying the armies of the living God? He's speaking the word in this moment. You've got to do the same thing if you're going to defeat anything in this new year. It's going to take a whole lot of word and a whole lot of action on your part. So get a scripture on your heart. One of my favorite scriptures is, for he who promised is faithful. For he who promised. So every time I feel discouraged, for he who promised 
is faithful. And not only that, but I will not be unsettled by the trials. I will not be unsettled by the trials, which lets me know that even when the road gets rocky, I will not be moved. I will not be persuaded. I trust. I hold fast to the word of God. My hope is in Christ. My strength is in you. I believe. I trust you. There is nothing in this world, no battle that's going to move me from that. And I talk the talk. And I back it up with my action by chasing my giants. We've got to do the same thing in this new year. We can't just, we can't just walk around and, and, and have this, this idea that, oh, if I mope around enough, it'll all change. It's not going to change. That's what they were doing at the battle. They were just kind of like, oh, Goliath again. Oh, here he is again. So much so that they're discouraged. So much so that the king himself is discouraging someone who wants to go out and defeat the enemy. He's telling David, you can't do this. You can't do that. No, don't, don't. Look, at that point, everybody else is stand still. Somebody's got to go. If I were the king at that moment, I'd be like, yeah, you go for it. Go for it. Tire them out. Do something. But David talked the talk, and you've got to do the same thing in this new season. You've got to speak convincingly about every single thing that God has promised you, every bit of it. Don't ever allow anyone in this new year to make you feel less than, to make you feel like God has not given you a promise, to make you feel like you're crazy for believing in the word of God. Don't ever, and and anybody who dare comes against you, regardless, your mama, your daddy, your uncle, talk the talk. Speak the word over that situation. For he who promises faithful. You can say whatever you want about me. You can talk about me behind my back. But for he who promised is faithful, I will believe and I will keep trusting. Keep that word on your lips and watch how God moves in your life. The next key is this. Accept all challengers. And not only that, but accept all challenges as well. Accept all challengers. Here's, here's the deal about David, and a lot of people will look at this story of David and Goliath, and you'll hear it for the rest of your life. A lot of people will talk about it like, wow, this was so great, David defeated Goliath, but before David defeated Goliath, he took on all challengers. He even talks about it before going to battle. Look at, look at uh, verse 36 through 37. He says, your servant has killed, do we have that verse up here? Uh, verse uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 36 through uh, 37. He says, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37 says, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and be with you. Go and the Lord be with you. So what we get from this is that David had already had some pretty intense battles leading up to this moment. Right? Like, like you, you, how many of you have fought a bear? Great. Glad y'all ain't lying in church. How many of you have fought a lion? Maybe it felt like it in the battle you was getting hit so hard. But here David is, he had already defeated two animals that, that would maul you to death. 
I mean, I don't care what century or what time you're living in. You ain't about to fight no bear or no lion. I don't care how advanced technology gets. And even today, you got to shoot him with a tranquilizer, and that's from a distance. But here David is. He had already defeated two powerful animals. And yet in that moment, I don't, I don't doubt for one second that David thought, man, this is a setup for something bigger. So when you accept all challenges, what you're effectively saying is, God, I believe this battle is a setup for something bigger. What you're saying is, I do not want to put this battle aside and decline this battle because if I decline this battle, then when it comes time for me to fight the major battle that's going to be the turning point for me in my season, then I'm going to lose because I haven't been prepared adequately enough. Because you got to believe that even in the battle with the bear, even in the battle with the lion, David got some scars. I'm, I'm sure he did. He got, I mean, the Bible doesn't, doesn't write all that out, but I'm sure David got some scars. I'm sure he defeated both of them. The Bible says he defeated both of them, but I'm sure he got some scars in the process. So, and that's all it's going to be for you. Every challenge, every obstacle, every challenger, all it's going to be is just a couple scars for you. It's going to hurt in the moment. It's going to hurt like hell, and you're going to feel like, oh, shoot, man, I got to get out of here, and I want to throw in the towel, but keep fighting. Keep fighting. This new year, keep fighting. Keep going after it, whether the scars hurt, whether they're going to leave scars that, that people have to ask you about later on in life. Who cares? Keep fighting because it's a setup for something bigger. It is. I'm telling you, this is a pure example of that, how David could not have defeated Goliath if he hadn't gone through this yet. You know why? Because if he had declined this battle, it would have been disobedience. Because every battle, every obstacle that God puts in front of you, all he's looking for is for your faithfulness to move forward. And every time you step back, every time you decline, every time you say, you know what, this is too big for me. I can't fight this. I can't do this. Every time you do not use action, every time you don't advance, it is disobedience. God is not calling us. God did not put a spirit of fear on the inside of you. So he's not expecting you to be fearful. God is expecting you to move forward. God is expecting you to progress. God is expecting you to do something with what he's given you. And so you've got to accept all challengers. You've got to accept all challenges. Uh, here's, the next, here's the next key. Keep your identity. Keep your identity. Battles have the tendency to make us lose our identity. Battles have the tendency to make us get into this position where we feel like, you know what, that's just not who I am anymore. I struggled too much with that person. I, I, I'm dealing with a person now who, who, uh, who I believe has got some identity issues where they've, they've gone through some things and they've dealt with some struggles and they've come out of that and their response is, that's not who I am anymore. That's, that God, God doesn't want me to do that anymore. That, that was just a season. I'm out of that season now. God wants me. And, and my response is, well, the battle wasn't meant to change you. The battle was not put before you to change you and make you less than what God has called you to be. The battle was never there to break you down so far that you can't ever stand up and, and pursue the next battle. That's not what the battle was there for. The battle was there simply to test you. And I've said this time and time and again that it's the same way a teacher will test a student. 
The test is never just to fail the student. The test is always to see if you know enough information to progress to the next level. A teacher doesn't give you a test with the intent to simply fail you. I, I'm, I guarantee it, your teacher is not sitting there like, yeah, I'm about to fail all these students. I'm putting stuff on the test that we ain't even practiced. Maybe it felt like that because you didn't study and you got all the questions wrong. But the test is never there to simply fail you. The test is, I want to know if you've learned adequately enough at this level so that you'll be ready for the next level. So in that battle, in that fight, the goal is to keep your identity. Here's, here's what happens with David. David is in this battle, and, and now that everybody is like, oh, yeah, go for it, David, you got it. Now Saul is like, okay, before you go out there, uh, here, take my sword and, and take my breastplate and take all my gear. And so David straps it on, and, and he's like, I can't even move in this. Here Saul is, because Saul is so fearful, he doesn't want to fight. He's now trying to give David his armor. And David does the intelligent thing. And see, we would think, David, you're an idiot. You're going to take off all the armor and go fight with nothing? David makes the intelligent decision to take it all off. And his response is, I can't move in this. Watch it. I can't move in this. I can't operate in this. I don't have the flexibility that I used to before I put this on. So I'm going to take it off. When you operate in an identity that God did not call you to walk in, you can't move in that. You can't operate in that. You're going to always... See, because I visualize the Word of God a lot of times, and so what I visualize is David standing there with the armor on, just trying to, trying to move and trying to fight and, and shadow boxing in a sense and just, and just feeling like, no, I, I can't, no, this ain't going to work. And so that's the same thing that happens to us. When we start walking in something that God didn't call us to walk in and being who God didn't call us to be, you are restricted and you're restrained and you're unable to fulfill what God has called you to fulfill because you're walking in something he didn't call you to walk in. It's just like if my son, who oftentimes will take my shoes and put them on his feet and start walking around and without fail, he trips and falls and it's like, boy, why are you doing that? For him, it's fun, but if he were really to live his life trying to walk in my shoes, he would fail. Not because I'm so high above him, but simply because those shoes don't fit him. Pastor Sean's shoes don't fit you. You can't walk in Pastor Sean's shoes. Only he can. God has called you to walk in the shoes that he's put on your feet. The armor that he's given you. The anointing that he's given you, you've got to walk in that. Don't lose your identity trying to be somebody else in the battle that's for you. Because if you keep trying to wear somebody else's armor, you will lose every single time. So you got to keep your identity. The next key is this, embrace the fight. And, and I mean really, really embrace the fight. I mean, because sometimes we get in a battle and we get in a struggle and we start whining about it and we start complaining about it. And to embrace something is really to take it on, whatever it is. And here's what David says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. He says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Here he is talking to the king. The king. Don't worry about it. I got it. It's kind of like when a... Uh, it's kind of like this, the, the, the phrase, uh, go handle my lightweight. 
right? It's kind of like David. It's like, you know, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Here he is talking to the king of all, of all of Israel, the one that was head and shoulders above everybody else, the one that was so handsome, the one that was so bold. And David is like, don't worry about it. I can. David wouldn't have said that if he didn't see the fear in Saul's eyes. I can imagine David saying, look, you, you're getting a little stressed out about it. Don't worry. I got it. You sit back. Take your armor. Take your sword. Take all your junk. I got it. Don't worry about it. I would have loved if the Bible wrote that uh, before David went out to Goliath, he turned back to the army and was like, don't worry, y'all. I got it. Don't even worry. No, no, don't all rush out at once. I got it. But David seemed so humble about it. I almost feel like David was just next to Saul and said, I got it. I got it. Because real power doesn't have to yell. Real anointing doesn't have to shout. Real anointing doesn't have to be doesn't have to brag. Real anointing doesn't have to be obnoxious. Real anointing can whisper and it still take effect. And I, have, I imagine David was just like, don't worry. Let me do this. I got it. I'll go fight him. I'll defeat him. And he goes out and he embraces the fight. And so in this new year, you've got to do the same thing. Every battle that comes before you, every struggle, every obstacle, I challenge you to embrace the fight to take it on, to go after it, to make sure that everybody understands that, you know what, it's a fight and it's come knocking at my door, but I got it. I'll go after it. Even in your prayer time, instead of saying, God, help me, uh, deliver me from this, get me over this, that's all good. But if you simply said in your prayer, I got it. Lord, I got this. Thank you. And not, not, don't get me wrong. Not in a like, I don't need your help kind of way, but just simply, Lord, I understand what you're doing in this moment, and I got it. I got it. And, and, and the other part about this is that I believe David knew that God was with him the whole time. I don't need your armor saw. I don't need what you have because the Lord is with me. So I'll go and fight him. Embrace the fight. The next point is this. Overcome the obstacles. Overcome the obstacles. And, and here's what I mean by overcoming the obstacles, because I think sometimes we, we, we go through a battle, we get over it, but then months down the line, we're still complaining about it. And oh, look at this, and look at what it did to me, and look at, look at what I lost, and look at, oh, I got the best of me, and oh, I don't know if I can ever go through something like that again. Oh my gosh. When you, <laughs> when you overcome something, when you overcome it and you truly overcome it and you truly defeat it, what you're saying is, you know what? I have overwhelmed this battle so much so that its effects no longer linger. What you're saying is the battle may have been tough, but I have overwhelmed the battle. Here's what David does. Before Goliath falls to the ground, Goliath is standing head and shoulders above everybody, everybody. David defeats him and he stands over him in a way to say, I have overwhelmed you. I have overwhelmed you. I am now standing above you. I may have had to knock you down to do it, but yet the fact remains, I have overwhelmed you. This is what we've got to do with every single obstacle. Overwhelm it. Stand over it. Once you've defeated it, gloat a little bit. Get your, little, get your little kicks in a little bit. 
don't let the enemy have all the fun, right? Because the enemy will do that. While he's torturing you, while he's going after you, while he's kicking your butt, he has fun with that. But knowing the fact that you will overcome that obstacle, stand over it once you're done. Bring on the next one. See, I told you, small potatoes. I got it. Not worried about it. Wasn't worried about it for a minute. Maybe in the beginning you were, but you overcame it. So have some fun with it. Overcome the obstacles. Don't let anything stand in your way. Here's 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34 through 35. It says, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. This is David saying, I overcame that obstacle. Not when it turned on me, I ran and turned, I, I turned to and ran the other way, but I turned, when it turned on me, I seized it. I killed it. I overwhelmed it. And this is the same thing we've got to do with every single battle. I, I know this is just a fight here for David, and I know it seems like that when we read it, but David is really showing us how to take care of every single battle in this new year. When it turns on you, when it tries to, when it tries to get the best of you, seize it, kill it, overwhelm it. The next key is this, and this is very important. This is, this is faith to its core. Visualize victory. Visualize it. Before you even step on the battlefield, visualize victory. Visualize it. I see it. It's in my hand. I've got it. There's nothing that's going to stop me. I got it. Here's what David says about the battle. He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. This is before he even steps out. I, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. He's, Goliath is the champion. The champion. He's the boss at this point. And David so confidently says, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I see this going down the way God showed me. I see it. I visualize it. Whatever it is that you, you, you want God to do in your life this year, whatever it is you feel like you're chasing this year, visualize victory. Visualize it. See it before it happens. See it. See it before you see it. See it mentally. Process it. You can even think about what kind of outfit you're going to be wearing while you're doing it. Visualize the victory. If you want to go that far, you can think about the theme music that would be playing while you're, while you're being victorious. Visualize it. Don't ever allow the enemy to close your eyes, to not look forward, to not allow you to progress, but visualize it. In every essence, whatever you're doing in life, whatever moment you're in, visualize you victorious in that moment. Not getting beat down again, not struggling. Visualize that victory. Visualize it. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, look at it and say, man, this day the Lord is going to deliver you into my hands. Whatever it is, I've been struggling with this relationship. This year I'm going to overcome it. This year I see God delivering it into my hands. You've been struggling with, with addiction. This year I see God delivering it into my hands. I will overcome it this year visualize that victory. Visualize it. 
This is walking by faith, not by sight. This is walking in it before you can even see it. This is making sure that every single step you take is coded with victory. When you visualize it and you see it. Here's the next key here. Expect doubters. Expect doubters. Because out of all the people down there, the king was doubting David. Out of all the people down there, David's own family was doubting him. So let me give you some context here. You think that there's something wrong with your family telling you, what are you doing going to church? What are you doing talking about you're saved? What does that even mean? What are you doing talking about you're walking in victory and you're visualizing? You're crazy. You're seeing things. Visualizing what victory? Overcoming what battle? What's wrong with you? You, you think you're the only one who gets that treatment from your family? David's own brothers were standing there telling him to go home. What are you doing? You can't do this. You can't win this battle. You don't know what, you don't know what you're doing. You don't, you don't know what you've gotten yourself into. Look at verse, seven, look at, uh, verse 28 in, in chapter 17. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the man, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. And here's what Saul says. Don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. That would kind of discourage me. Like, since his youth, he's been a man of war? But here he is getting all this negative intake. And yet David is standing there saying, you know what? I still got it. So here's, here's the challenge to you is that when something's coming before you and, and, and you want to overcome it and you want to take on the battle, don't be surprised when people doubt you. You got a vision. God has called you to do something. Don't be surprised if people doubt you. Last year we had uh, our our official first team night here on our uh, five-year anniversary, and we had uh, a, a friend of the church, a really good friend of the church, uh, Pastor Greg DeVries, come, and, uh, and he got a chance to prophesy over some of the people in the church, and uh, he stopped my wife and I at the end of, of team night, and, and he said this to me, and it, was, and it was very strange, but he was like, you know what, people are not going to understand what God has called you to do, uh, but now that I'm telling you this, expect it to happen. Expect there to be doubters. Expect there to be, I think he said haters. And I was like, oh, okay. But he said, expect there to be some haters. And to me in that moment, it was like, got it. Now I get it. Now I understand. Not everybody can go where God has called you to go. And sometimes that simple fact that they can't get where God has called you to go to is the thing that's, that's causing them to be insecure about themselves. Because they can't go where God has called you to go. Because they can't do what God has called you to do. They're so busy trying to get you to, so busy trying to deter you from what God has called you to do that they don't even realize that God has called them to do some things as well. But you've got to expect that kind of treatment. That anytime God has called you to move, God has called you to do anything great, there's going to be some doubters. Every single person in the word of God faced doubters. Every single person. Every single person that God called to do something great, there were some doubters standing right there. Even Jesus had Peter. 
and he had to tell Peter, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. And there's going to be some people, you might have to tell your mama, get behind me, Satan. Now, if you get slapped, that's on you. (laughs) But the point is, you're going to have some doubters. You are. You're going to have some haters. But now that I'm telling you this, expect it. Expect it. And just trust that the God you serve is bigger than any group of people hating on you. Just trust that. Here's the last key. This is, this is big. Uh, risk for reward. Risk for reward. You're going to have to take some risks this new year. All of this, this whole message comes down to this point. You're going to have to take some risks this year. No more complacency. No more sitting back. No more playing it safe. No more uh, just waiting. Just waiting for the right moment. Because I, I got news for you. If you're always waiting for everything to be perfect before you start or do anything, you'll never do it. You'll never do it. If you're waiting for the perfect conditions, if you're waking, waiting for everything to line up just perfectly, you will never get started. You're going to have to take some risk. You're going to have to put yourself out there. You're going to have to take that leap of faith. You're going to have to put that first foot forward. You're going to have to take some risk. This was David's moment of taking some risk. David was operating in faith the whole way. So what if he got beat down and, and you know, went home and, and the battle was, he took a risk. And here's the beauty about taking risks when it comes with doing it with faith, is that God rewards your risk. God rewards that. Because what risk says is, I have faith enough to move. I have faith enough to move. And God rewards that. And, and here's the other part about that, is that your, your willingness to take risk may even be the reward for other people. Your willingness to step out and defeat your giants may be a reward for somebody else. David defeating Goliath has, has consequences that we are, we, are resor- we, we, we experience the reward of David taking risk in that moment. Because had David been, been uh, destroyed, had the, has the Israelites been destroyed, who knows how it would have gone, right? Had David been destroyed in that line, who knows how it would have gone? God only knows how it would have gone, but who knows how it would have gone? But David took some risk. He, he took a step forward. And that's the thing we have to look at is that, that, that our risk, there's going to be rewards because of that. But you got to move. You've got to move. So here's the challenge for every single person. Here's the challenge for you. In, in 2018, your goal and your challenge, and the thing that I challenge you to do is whatever you're, whatever you're chasing this year, take it over. Take it over. What, whatever it is, take it over. Talk the talk. Accept all challengers. Keep your identity. Embrace the fight. Overcome the obstacles. Visualize the victory. Expect doubters. And remember, risk for reward. But if you don't take anything from this message today, here's what I want, here's what I want to challenge you with. Here's what I want you to walk out with. Here's, what I, here's the spirit that I want you to leave with. I want you to leave with a takeover spirit. I want you to leave thinking, man, 2018, I'm taking over. 
I'm taking over. Whatever it is, I'm taking it over. Whatever it is, every single promise, I'm taking it over. It's mine. Every single battle, it's mine. I'm taking it over. Every struggle, I'm embracing it and I'm taking it over. Every obstacle, I'm embracing it, I'm taking it over. I'm overwhelming the enemy in this new year. I'm overwhelming every single attack, every single weapon that's formed against me. I'm overwhelming it this new year. I'm walking in victory, I'm visualizing it, and I'm, I see myself taking over in this new year. That's, that's our mindset. That's got to be our focus as we walk out of this room. Not here comes another year, and oh no, I hope I don't have the same drama, but no, I'm taking over in 2018. See yourself taking over. Everybody's standing all over this room. All over this room. Every, every eye closed in the room. Every eye closed. And I know we got to go here, but every eye closed. Every eye closed. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to see what you anticipate being the biggest battle for you in 2018. Whatever it is, fill in the blank. Whatever it is, every eye closed, whatever, that, whatever you anticipate being your biggest struggle, I want you to see yourself taking it over. I want you to see yourself chasing your giants. I want you to see yourself overcoming every obstacle. Come on, see yourself victorious. See yourself grabbing the sword, chopping the head off and walking around like a badge of honor. See yourself taking over. So God, we thank you for this new year, God. We thank you for this, for this time of transition, God. We thank you for, God, all the struggles we went through in 2017, all the battles we faced, every, every obstacle, God. We thank you for it, God. God, in the moment, it may have felt like hell, God. In the moment, it may have felt like we were being beaten down and, and, and killed, God, but, but we thank you for it, God, because every single battle in 2017 was a stepping stone for 2018, and we thank you for that, God. In this new year, God, we're not going to feel sorry for ourselves. We're not going to be complacent. We're not going to feel like we don't have it. We're not going to feel like we're not good enough, but 2018 is the year and the spirit of takeover, God. We will take over every single battle. We will take it over and subdue it, God. Every single giant, we're chasing it, God. Let us not walk. Let us not just stand still and idle, God, but let us chase it, God. We see ourselves victorious, God. We thank you for it, God. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.